listeners out there, it's me again, Nisa, the VP of PRM of ALSA International Board. And you are now tuning into ALSA One Podcast, brought to you by ALSA International. So we are back with our second episode. And this time around, we are accompanied by our friends from ALSA Thailand, the recently elected President and Vice President, Nicholas and Maple. Hello, everyone. Hi. It's a pleasure to be here today. And I'm Nicholas, or you guys can call me Nick. I am the president of ASA Thailand for next year board, which is 2021 and 2022. Hello, guys. My name is Maple, and I am the newly elected vice president of ASA Thailand National Board of 2021 till 2022. Nice to meet you all. Yay, it's so nice to have you guys on our podcast. So in this episode, my friends and I will be sharing about how we've been coping with mental health issues in light of the pandemic and in law school generally. Um, Also, just a disclaimer here, neither of us are medical or mental health professionals, so we're here to just share our experiences and maybe provide some insight on how we cope with our mental health experiences in law school. And if at some point you guys are listeners out there think that you guys need some help, don't shy away to go seek professional help. So going back to Nick and Maple. So since you guys mentioned you guys just recently formed your board, how's the formation going and what are your plans for the upcoming tenure? Yeah, so right now, as of today, we are still, our national board is still not complete. We are still missing the PR. So we will have an interview tomorrow and we have many plans for next year. Maybe Maple could tell us more about our plan that we have discussed. Oh, yeah. So me and Nick have discussed about what we're going to do next year. And we planned to extend our connections and reach out to um, other national chapters. And also, we would like to um, strengthen our relationships with our local chapters as well. So it would be great to be able to collaborate with um, all of you guys out there. Oh, that's great to hear. So like, do you guys plan to have the collaboration like virtually I mean you know since the whole COVID situation like speaking of how's the COVID-19 situation in Thailand so regarding the events we would we wish we could have an in-person event but from the current situation we could ask Maple about the current situation in Thailand all right so because now we are entering the third wave of COVID-19 situation in Thailand, it's, I think it's, it, will, it will be hard for us to, um, to have an on-site in-person event um, soon. I think throughout our terms, it would be uh, just virtual events. Uh, I see. So um, how about the lockdown measures? Do you guys have to go through um, like, those policies that some of our other neighboring countries go through, you know, um, self-isolation. Um, I think in Malaysia, we call it restricted movement order, um, you know, self-quarantine, all that sort. Um, for now, we don't have any lockdown measure yet um, for this wave. We used to have one lockdown um, uh, when the first wave hit, but because I think it's because the death rate is not that high anymore we don't really uh, so the government did not have any lockdown measure but they they did they do um promote self-quarantine having like self-quarantine how does it affect the mental health of the people there okay so just to add up first 
at Thailand on April 23rd, we, we beat our highest record of new COVID cases per day. Today, we have found 2,005 new COVID cases, which is our all-time record. Recently, we were at around 1,000 each, and today it was a new record. And regarding the mental health situation here in Thailand, the Department of Mental Health had conducted some research and then the result that came out is that it is causing stress to people at most ages 18 to 24 years old. Because right now, everyone is um, basically studying online, staying at home. As we are teenagers as ourselves, going out is part of our life, hanging out with friends. And just to imagine that it is causing us um, not not an easy feeling like when we go out we have to think carefully what to do what to eat where should I sit this happened to me today like from personal experience today I had to go to an apple store in in one of the largest shopping mall in Thailand and I was really stressed just by me thinking of what should I eat where should I touch where should I when should I wash alcohol on my hand it is really stressed and this is very mental draining it's like you can't live your life to the fullest ability as usual and then yeah so it's really sad and then next the mental health department or the mental health awareness in thailand it has not reached its fullest potential yet where that's the room for improvement like the government haven't came up with many measures regarding how to deal with mental health but however, the government came up with measures to help the economy. Yes, which is a topic to be discussed later or oh, next time. Cool. And then afterwards is what I've um, learning online. With this mental health and with this stress going on, by learning online, there has been many issues. Like, I believe, not just me, or maybe others have faced with connection problem. Um, that's not enough discussion with professor, not enough reading material, not enough interaction. Nisa, how is it on your end? Like, do you, what kind of problem do you face in Malaysia? Um, yeah, I think I can relate uh, since I'm, in, I'm now in my final semester of law school. So a lot of my subjects are mostly procedural subjects. So yeah, I could totally relate with the whole, you know, internet connection difficulties and like lacking communication with our lecturers. So my procedural subject, they're all about, you know, how do you do this in court? For example, like civil procedure and criminal um, litigation, like when it comes to advocacy. So we don't really get um, to show or have a proper illustration of how it's done because right now it's all virtual. So my understanding on some of the topics are quite lacking. And plus, um, it's not always easy to retrieve materials online because, um, you know, lack of resources, some of the textbooks you can't really access through the internet. So those are the stuff that I went through and I'm still going through. So yeah, I can totally relate with Nick on that. Right. And like, um, I, I wanted to share one more of my experience um, is that in, in here, right, like usually we have like sit in exam, which requires three hours, but with the COVID situation, we cannot go to study 
and to take the exam in the university. So not being so, we, we get take home exam, which are still three hour time. And with this situation, by having take home exam, which is an open book, the question become extremely hard, which, which from me, personally taking the exam, it causes me like more stress. And then throughout, it causes me to have less motivation at home. And then like less motivation to study because the more I study, the more I feel that it's not enough. It's really hard. And I don't even know what will come out in the exam. Like it's going to be something new. So this is what I feel that COVID is really affecting my mental health. And then from discussing with friends and family, like mental health can cause more to like COVID can, by staying home, studying online can cause more problems to mental health. Like you can't concentrate well, there's no enough social interaction and it, it could lead on to depression and stuff as well. Yep. So this is on my part regarding how I feel and how online learning has affected mental health. Yeah, I totally and- get it. Like you mentioned about the whole examination, right? So recently in right. my university, there's an increase of cases when it comes to plagiarism or cheating, you know, because it's like open book test, um, I guess probably some students just copy paste um, each other's answers. So how my faculty decided to resolve this issue is to have our finals handwritten, meaning um, they give you your paper, you answer for like three to four hours, but you have to write down your answers with pen and you know paper and after that you have to scan your answers and submit it to them so we're so used to typing for the past two semesters and then finally it's gonna you know it's gonna come to that so it's a lot more stressful because um i think not all of the students in malaysia like have um the uh, the machine you call that scanner right right yeah (laughs) or like a proper phone where you like make sure your uh when you take a photo of your paper like it's clear and whatnot so those are the new recent issues that's been boggling me and my friends as of recent but i guess i guess it's just law school in general (laughs) i feel like you know they always kind of like push you to the core like you know if I always hear people say like, you know, if you, if law school doesn't kill you, <laughs> like to the end of your, you know, your law school journey and, you know, you'll be thinking or rethinking why are you taking this course? So I think even yeah. before COVID, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my friends, our experiences, we all like develop some sort of mental health issues starting off the um, semester in our law school. So like, you know, just to ask you guys, like, generally like you know post effect of covid or before covid how is your law school experience so far when it comes to mental health um i think um for this topic every law students would like certainly relate to this like this problem with our courses with our the way um we were taught um i think people suffers a lot of mental breakdowns and burnout and I guess I did um, experience it quite a few times and I think like for mental breakdowns I think I've experienced so many times throughout my law school 
um, throughout my career as a law student. Um, like it's just simply because of overwork, like too much workload, and also like not just only the things that I've encountered in um, university, like as in my our law study, but also other extracurricular um, activities as well. Um, I found myself very lost. I'm, I'm like, I couldn't handle it anymore so many times. And I think it's just, it just not a healthy experience at all. So I just really want to know like whether any of you guys have ever experienced it um, as well. Like maybe like Nick or Anissa, have you ever experienced mental breakdowns before? Like for me, I personally am not so sure about mental breakdown, but I have experienced more part on stress. Like for me, sometimes I think I set too high goal in my life, like for my study, like I have to aim like, like this test, please, please, please. I want to get at least a 45 out of 50, something like that. And then when I set too high goals, it's caused me to have like lack of sleep. I'm not able to sleep well at night. Even at one point, there was this subject which was really, really hard for me. And then which was very challenging. It could be considered like the toughest course in my program. And then afterward at night, it made me wake up and dream at night. And then like, <laughs> and then I dream and I got scared. Like th- this is like really scary. So I dream that oh my I God, that's the intense. Exam. <laughs> like I dreamed that I took the exam and I couldn't do it and like I dream of like possible answer like many times that I, and I woke up like my hand and my 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 feet were all like very sweat like I dreamed that I took the exam and it, even in the morning maybe we were at like 5 a.m so it's like really not not healthy at all and it was an um, an unbelievable experience like I don't know if this could be like mental breakdown stage. What do you think, Mepho? Like from how I experience it? Oh, is that just well, the worst case? I think it can be considered mental breakdowns, but you just don't really notice it yourself because it's something that comes naturally in your dream. <laughs> so yeah. Or maybe it can be like overstress. Yeah. So why what are your other Nisa think about about my case? <laughs> No, when you talk about how you dream about your exam, it just kind of got me thinking. I remember there was this one time in my second year, um, it was criminal law, uh, the second second part of my semester. So in Malaysia, we have like criminal law part one, criminal law part two, contract part one, contract part two. So this happened in my criminal law part two. Um, my, my lecturer, she's very, yeah, she set high expectation on her students because she, you know, she taught us well, she gave us all the materials. And I remember we set for midterms and um, when we got our result, which was a week before our final exam, she was like, I am very disappointed at how you do your midterm. And, you know, I taught you well, but you didn't show it in your paper. So it was very disappointing. So this is like a week before my paper or a few days before. And, you know, hearing her say that was very discouraging. So like a day before my paper, I remember studying, like um, memorizing really hard, like all the notes, the case laws and everything. So I, I don't think 
I properly slept because it was automatically like every one hour I would wake up and I would immediately recall the case law or I would dream about the case laws in my dream. Like I remember looking at my notes, you know what I'm sleeping, it's just a glimpse of flashback of my notes. That's how scared I was for that paper. So Nick, I can totally relate. <laughs> right. Hearing from you is, is really relating. Like I dream I took the exam and I even came up with possible question and answer in my dream. <laughs> Yeah, oh my it's God. amazing. It's amazing. Like, this is what law school gave me, right, <laughs> Nepal? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Hearing both of you sharing your experience, I just, yeah, I just understand you guys, like, the amount of stress you guys must have been through. And yeah, just typical law student thing, I think. So, do you guys have any ways to cope with, you know, your stress or any breakdowns that you have? Um, I, I want to suggest like what I think it is most, 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 most important, which I always emphasize to all of my friends. Like, Nisa, you could recheck. Maple could confirm me on this and you could recheck with Maple. It's like every single time I talk to Maple and then she start like, well, what do you usually say to me, Maple? <laughs> well, I'll be like... Well, you know, the exam is coming up. I'm so stressed out. Like, I don't know if I would do well in a, on the exam. Like, how should I do? And the niggle response? Just get good rest and eat healthy. Then everything will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, 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 so what I'm presenting my case here is that um, getting enough sleep and then exercising daily and even eating healthy food is what is really important. Healthy food as in you, you, you should eat three meals a day and you should set like a life schedule where you go to sleep at let's say 10, 11 p.m. And then you wake up in the morning with a fresh mind and study. And then the other very important thing is exercising. Like if you could exercise, it helps you concentrate. Like for me, it helped me to concentrate better, but not over-exercise. If you do over-exercise, it will cause you to be tired. But if you exercise in the right amount, it will just help you concentrate. This, this is from my experience. How about you, Maple? What are some tips you have for us? Well, yeah, I have to agree with you because every time I seek help, I seek advice from you and yeah, you talk about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> being like healthy, get good rest. And yeah, I have to give it to you that, yeah, it really helps. But well, apart from that, I think our mindset about things also really matters. Like don't overpressure yourself. Like you don't have to set too high goals for you. It just, you know, if you try your best, um, we, we only concern like our process and like whether the results will come out good or not. It just, you know, whatever will be, will be. Yeah. Right. It, I, I totally agree with you. Like, I think the important part is um, just doing your best and know that you have done your best. And then yeah. as you have said, it's absolutely correct. Whatever the result will be, it will be. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think I want to know how to cope with stress from our graduating law student, Nisa. <laughs> no, actually, I, I can confirm with you guys on the tips that you share. Well, this is probably more relatable before COVID. Like, you know, get enough sleep, exercise daily, eat healthy food. I remember in my... Um, first to second end of second year wait 
first to early part of my third year, sorry, because um, that was before COVID. Uh, I was actually quite an active person. I wouldn't say I'm a, like an athlete, but I was quite sporty. Um, I used to play tennis, I swim, I go for jogs, and I even do yoga. So when struggling with my workload, you know, back then with ALSA and still with my law school obligation, exam and notes, like, I will always make sure in that one week, I will um, allocate one hour to myself. Like back then, it uh, to me, it was a Thursday night. I had like a yoga se session near my uni. So that one hour is my uninterrupted hour. Like when, if people text me or whatever, I will not reply because that's just my me time. So it's to make sure, you know, that I get to de-stress myself throughout the whole week's stress and all that. And yes, I do try to make sure that I get enough sleep or when I don't, I make sure I take naps during the day. And yes, definitely like eat healthy food because it helps with, you know, um, with it helps you to think clearly and it helps you with your mood swings so you don't feel grumpy all the time. But that was like before COVID. But now like, you know, throughout COVID and post-COVID, I guess what I can just tell everyone is just... To just hang in there and if you guys really need help like seek professional help because your um, I guess your movement is restricted and for me how I'm coping is just I'm telling myself okay I'm almost done it's a few more months like <laughs> I'm going to the finish line very soon so yeah that's how I've been coping uh, I think that's yeah some that's some good tips right there yeah, I think all of the tips that we have given so far is, yeah, it might work, it might not work, but yeah, I think we all have ways that we can cope, like our own ways that we cope with our stress. And I think sometimes like finding friends where you are comfortable with to talk about your, you know, your concerns, your problems, just let it out. I think, oh my that God, I think that's very helps. important in law school, like to make sure you surround yourself with good people. Like, I don't think we should stay with our, you know, high school mindset, like being clicky, <laughs> whatnot, you know, yeah. like, you feel like you are surrounding yourself with toxic people, like, just, like, just get rid of them or just cut ties. I mean, yeah. if, if you can do it in a good way, then, you know, do it in a civilized manner because having someone who is toxic, you know, throughout your time in law school, is just going to be very damaging. <laughs> so you have to surround yourself with good people all the time yeah so yeah. I think, like, that's how I've been coping with my throughout my law school because I always have like good friends like you know amazing friends they're always so supportive of anything that I do so yeah I think I could um you know survive all these years like definitely thanks a huge gratitude to my friends yeah I totally agree that is very important is there is there anything you want to add in Nick? Nick? Yeah, do you want to yes, add? Yes, like um, just, just to add up on yourself point and Maple, like I think surrounding yourself with friends is like one of the way which will define your law school life. Like because I I got lucky and I surrounded myself with great friends which was able to introduce me to all this great opportunity of being able to do various extra curriculum activities and then with friends really help motivate you to study like me and Maple we, we have been friends since year one and then 
I really admire Maple, and Maple motivated me to study. Oh, just just to mention like besties right there. Before when I was in high school, right, I was not really a person who cared much about study. Study was not my main priority in life. My main priority in life was just to hang out with friends, to chill out, just to do some activities, extracurricular activities, and I'm happy with it. But like since I entered high school, like Maple helped motivated me, and then I saw Maple reading, studying. So I was like, I really want to be able to study as well. And Maple always encourage. Whenever I feel that I don't want to study, Maple already like, yay, it's time. It's almost exciting to have to study. So really appreciate it, and to others as well. So Maple, do you like drag me oh. here whenever <laughs> she doesn't want to study? <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh wow. Um, I'm pretty overwhelmed. <laughs> well, thank you for thinking very, um, good of me. <laughs> And yeah, I, I also appreciate your existence, Nick. Like you're so a good friend of mine. Oh, wow. If we record this like physically, I would have give you guys like a box of tissue to just see all the. Oh my god, that would be so hilarious! Well, I I can't stop laughing to be honest. I really can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so since we were talking about Maple and making me coming to think back to the point where Maple had mentioned earlier, where she had some self doubt throughout law school and stuff, um, I want to ask you guys: Have you guys ever heard about imposter syndrome? So basically, I want to explain to you guys about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is part of self-doubting. Like you, you doubt your ability. Like you are, you know, you are a very capable person. But even when a situation arises, you still doubt yourself that you won't be able to achieve or fulfill that role. Like, for example, you're having an exam coming up, and you studied so hard. But you still doubt yourself that you won't be able to do well in that exam. But wish that is not true. And then another symptom of an imposter syndrome is that you started to feeling like you are fraud. And then the other symptom is it is difficult to accept your own accomplishments. Like you have been accomplishment, you have accomplished so many stuff along the way, but. You still feel that all those are nothing great, and there's something better to achieve in the future. Like, do you guys have any experience to share about imposter syndrome? Well, from your explanation, I think I've certainly experienced that before, and yeah, I think it's just something that happened to me really, really recently. Um, so this is my real life experience. Um, so talking about Elsa Thailand National Board Recruitment 2021-2022, from um, that I've elected as the vice president. Um, well, actually, before I applied for the position, I I had a lot of self doubt, and I I considered not um, applying for so many times because I know the fact that one of my friends. Who also was the previous board member with me last year, also applied for this position, and he was really, really great. He was a great person. He was very smart. He is like a respectful person, 
And I was really afraid. And I was like, well, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm like, I was, I feel so small. And like, I, I don't think that I'm, I deserve the position. And yeah, a lot of thoughts. I have like mixed feelings about um, applying for the board. And so, yeah, I think that would be one of the experiences that I think I considered it as imposter syndrome. Well, um, yeah, I think it's, it is. Right. Like, I really can remember that event. Like, remember where we had like this call and, and stuff. So it, it was very interesting. But how, however, you were able to, um, to overcome it, right, Maple, by the end of the day. Yeah, thankfully. And yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I think I also have to give this to Nick as well. <laughs> again. Now, now I'm shy, Maple. You're making me shy again. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just stay, staying the facts. Like, yeah, it's you and also other friends that always support me, that always um, tell me to believe in myself, that I can do it. And yeah, and yeah, because of you as well. <laughs> So thank that, you. That, I'm flattered. You're making me very Aww, shy now. So like my, my face is like getting red. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, well, thankfully, this is not a video recording, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Let, let, let's put a pause on Maple experience first. And how about Nisa? Do you have anything to share to us? about your imposter syndrome since like um as you told me earlier like during the last year as well right i believe there must be a lot of stress and then mm. yeah could you explain more on that yeah so um i think i i've to a certain extent previously in my life i do felt like you know i'm not good enough and things like that but i've never really felt it was to the level of you know you call it imposter syndrome until as of recent, um, before I enter into my final year, I see my final year friends go through this, you know, I see like, these are the friends who have accomplished so much in law school, like, they are like editor-in-chief of a law journal, they publish articles, get good grades, like get best Muta one, you know, mooting competitions and whatnot. And at the end of the day, they just come to me and say, like, you know, who am I? Like, I'm just nothing. And at first, I couldn't relate to that. I just, no, it's not that I couldn't relate. I just couldn't understand it. Like, how do you guys feel that sort of way? Until recently, I think I'm experiencing it myself since I'm going to graduate soon. So I'm starting to think about life after law school. Like, where should I do my pupillage um, chambering um, just like a brief uh, explanation to you guys it's like you know my apprenticeship before getting called to the bar so in Malaysia you have to spend nine months doing it so um, it I, I started thinking like okay which firm should I apply for and you know looking for some reason just you know thinking to myself oh am I good enough to apply to this big firms you know maybe I should just apply to small firms I mean not not saying that small firms are not good enough they're just you know they're, they're good but I feel like you know being in a bigger firm requires or demanded so much of you and I felt like maybe I'm not cut out for that and I remember just talking to my friend who's already in her who's doing her chambering and pupillage right now and she just looked at me and just like I'm not even going to respond to that Nisa because I feel like you're just having one of those imposter syndrome right now like 
those thoughts are definitely untrue. Like she reminded yeah. me of my accomplishment or the stuff that I've done throughout my times in law school. So she just like, this is just the whole imposter syndrome talking. <laughs> right. So yeah, I've I've been there, Maple. Right. Wow. Like that is um amazing. That yeah. But it it is I believe um having imposter syndrome is really like just a normal thing in life where every where you by the end of the day will be able to overcome it. But I want to ask you guys like do you have tips to share? Like how do you deal with it? We could start off um first by Maple. Could you tell us more how did you overcome imposter syndrome? Um, I don't know even if um, my methods are actually working, but I think one of the things that I, that you could do is always be well prepared. I think um, when I applied for the national board, one of the things that really helps me in gaining back my confidence is that I was really well prepared. I think over about the interviews a lot of times and about the questions that is might possibly ask in an interview and also like preparing my presentation and stuff yeah and apart from that I think it's all coming from your internal um thinking like how you think about yourself like do you believe in yourself or like do you still comparing yourself to others I think this really matters and like you always have to have that positive thoughts about your gut, about yourself and try to, you know, stay positive in general. Yeah. How about you, Nisa? Um, to me, how I dealt with it, I think, like I mentioned earlier, like you have to have good friends around you. But I know that sometimes, you know, having good company is also a privilege. Like not everyone um, can have like good people around them. So maybe, you know, if, um, your situation like gives you the privilege to go for therapy or counseling like definitely go for it like never shy away from asking for help and um, previously like I've also attended my own my fair share of therapy but it wasn't because of imposter syndrome it was an entirely different issue but I still remember my therapist advice until today so um, because it relates to overthinking and overanalyzing things or you know just having like abundant of thoughts saying you're not good enough so what she told me like whenever you have like bad thoughts or negative thoughts try to write down those thoughts and then you compare them with reality so for example uh, you're not good enough and that you know you um, like people hate you or you feel like you're struggling with you know um, self uh, self-love and all that um, so she asked me to okay write those thoughts down and then compare it with rea- reality like you know your surrounding like for example for me I have a lot of amazing friends who truly cared about me so those are the fact whenever I try to compare um, this negative thoughts and the um, reality and so I guess with Im- imposter syndrome it's the same thing like you feel like you're not good enough like you haven't accomplished enough so I guess you know just write down the stuff that you have accomplished like or just go look at your CV 
and see the things that you you have accomplished. There are those. Those are the facts. So always try to you know look at the facts and try to combat them with your negative thoughts. So I think that's like how I've been dealing with it. Wow, like this is yeah. very, very interesting. Like you know, like one one last tip I would like to share. Like from Maple talking about like believing yourself. Like this is like very funny because like my friends they really like to tease me about believing yourself because like for me since i was in high school or something right um like i added a status in my line like like um in thailand we use line as the main main social main communication way um i'm not so sure in malaysia you guys using whatsapp right do you guys use line um we're very active on whatsapp mostly mm-hmm. or telegram or I message, right. not really mm-hmm. line so much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like for us in Thailand, like line is like our main, 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 main one. And then like, I have this status online writing like, believing in yourself is the key to success. And then like, my friend have been teasing me <laughs> all the time. You could, I mean, especially Maple. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. Well, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, so that's why I was pointing this out to just say that like believing yourself is very important important like even though i don't know have i ever experienced imposter syndrome or not like i'm not so sure of that but the thing that i know is that i do believe in myself and by the end of the day if you believe in yourself you will be able to accomplish things that you have never imagined before yes this is all yeah. my True. I feel like sometimes you just have to fake it till you make it. Like you just have to believe in it so much to the point that you, you or the universe itself materialize it for you. Like you know, just constantly push through those thoughts and just like Nick said, and how Maple would portray this as cliche. The sound you should actually believe in yourself that you can actually achieve things. Right. Right. Yeah. I think like, believing yourself is like a basic building block. If, if you don't believe in yourself, you won't be able to accomplish stuff. Like, example, if you say that you don't believe that you will, able, you will be able to get a good score and then you have self-doubt along the way, I believe you won't be able to fulfill as well. But if you set a target where you believe that you will be able to accomplish it, no matter how hard it is, by the end of the day, you will be able to accomplish it. Yes. Yeah, I will. I totally agree. I, I tease you a lot. And that be- that's because you've been using that status for two years now. That's the, <laughs> probably the main reason why. It's not because of your heart. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah, I'm t- I totally agree with yeah, your advice and also um, the methods that um, Nisa has pointed out. I think that would be really great for me to try out sometime, t- um, sometimes later as well. Okay, so going back to what Nick said, I think um, that was quite profound when he said you know you just sometimes you just have to believe in yourself you know um, and make it till you believe it uh, it almost sounded as if it's a closing statement to me <laughs> isn't it like from the president himself <laughs> yeah from Mr. President yeah <laughs> so I guess to just summarize our discussion you know just moving forward um, like your mental health issues if you're experiencing it from law school or any other um, aspect of your life they're all valid and I feel like um, even if you cannot 
talk about them to people closest to you. Um, there's always, you can always seek um, external help. You can always go to therapy or con- counseling or um, see a professional like a psychiatrist or something because it's definitely not something to be embarrassed about. Like, um, you know, because you need to improve your health, like mental health is part of your health as well. So if you guys are ever thinking of um, going to, to seek professional help, and if you're looking for a sign to do so, this is it, guys. Um, just go for it. Um, also, um, going back to Nick and Maple, any last words? Yes. Um, I would like to invite Mr. President <laughs> for the closing remarks. <laughs> okay, so now you're making me more shy. Okay, but um, first of all, I would like to say is it was a great, great, great opportunity for me and Maple to be able to participate and in this um podcast. And I really hope you guys enjoy listening all the way until here. And Lastly, I would like to add up, like, if you guys are from any LC or any national board, like, if you guys want to collaborate or host event with Alsa Thailand, we are very open to collaborate and we are open to discussion. So feel free to email us at thailand.alsa at gmail.com and we will surely respond to your email and we could set up a call and stuff. So looking forward to talking to you guys more and if there's anything else feel free to contact us anytime that that's it for my part maple anything um he has said pretty much everything i've wanted to say but yeah i just wanted to say that it has been a really great talk with um nick and nisa um i really wish that our discussion today our podcast today could um help you guys who are listening if it's just for a little yeah and for the collaboration with other national chapters we are really really open you know discussions about what we could do together and we will be waiting for yeah to hear a lot a lot more from you guys thank you Okay, so that sums up our discussion. Um, so for our listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in and look forward for our next Also One podcast episode. And as usual, Also always be one.